You've tuned in to episode 39 of The Ed Talks. However, you go back to the basics. What needs to be resolved to get the knee out of pain? We get the pressure off of the nerves, work with the physical, create those pain pattern interrupts. Then we look at reducing the inflammation in the body, both locally in the knee and globally in the body, as well as keeping the mindset in a good place. And then the knee gets out of pain. This is the Ed Talks. Helping busy mums and dads feel energized again. For more info, go to edtalks.com. Let's get healthy and happy. Here's your host, Eddie Donato. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ed Talks. So, I finally discovered why my son can bounce off his knees onto hard surfaces and just look up at me with a huge grin while daddy crawls around on the ground and groans out with pain. What's going on there? Well, the fact is that children's kneecaps don't become bony or what's termed as ossified until around three to five years of age. So their little kneecaps are like soft shock absorbers, unlike our dodgy knees that many of us just accept as part of growing older. Knee pain is such a huge issue for so many people with extreme cases leading to knee replacement surgery of which over 700,000 were performed in the United States alone in 2015. And here in Australia, apparently close to 2 million people live with the pain and restricted movement that goes with osteoarthritis of the knee, which Interestingly, a trial that compared the treatments of 180 people with osteoarthritis, some of whom had a arthroscopic surgery, that's a surgical treatment often claimed to relieve the problem, and others, placebo surgery, where they put a small incision in the skin of the patient but didn't actually insert an orthroscope. What they found was there was no difference in self-reported pain and function two years after the treatment. That is incredible. Which leads us to today's expert guest on the podcast, Bill Paravano. Known as the knee pain guru, he has over 26 years of experience understanding movement and tension patterns that lead to physical pain and is able to offer an alternative to people who are stuck with knee pain. Bill, are you ready to help us all feel energized and have wonderful knees again, mate? Yes, sir. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill. What ended up bringing you to where you are presently in your life and what excites you about the work that you do? Well, it really starts with the fact that I love throwing people. (laughs) (laughs) I've been involved in martial arts for 26 years and that, that was my first love was throwing people. And I got involved in judo in 1990. And um, in 1998, I dislocated my left knee the first of four times. That led to an ACL or a ligament reconstruction in my left knee, and they took out two pieces of meniscus. Well, that stopped my judo career, like literally brought it to a halt. And my love of throwing people (laughs) went out the window with that. And I was really frustrated because, you know, I was dislocating my left knee. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, oh, 
the ligament's torn. In my mind, we fixed the ligament. I'm back out on a judo mat Mm -hmm. and I'm throwing people again. Well, it didn't quite work that way. And what I found out that there is a, like what you were saying regarding the arthroscopic surgeries and, you know, the, the, the blind study that they did where so many people had the surgery and so many people didn't have the surgery. And a couple of years later, you know, the results were no different whether they had res, um, the feeling of pain or not. That's very much the same thing that many people run into with knee pain, that just because the knee is quote unquote mechanically sound or there's nothing broken or torn in the knee doesn't mean you're not going to have pain. You know, if something's broken or torn, they go for a surgery, their knee pain could still be there when they get out of the surgery. Or a person goes to the doctor and the doctor says your knee is fine and you can still have pain. Both cases, there's nothing wrong with the knee, but the person still has pain. And that was really has been my journey the past 18 years is figuring out that distinction between what causes pain and what doesn't cause pain, especially in the knees. So I was able to overcome this challenge of this knee knee, uh, ligament reconstruction and I ended up traveling for two and a half years around the world. Um, I studied uh, an osteopathically based style of body work. I got involved with um, a martial art that had a huge healing component to it. Um, I studied nutrition. I studied the importance of hydration and just what it takes to recover from a knee injury. Whatever was out there, I studied it and I put together, um, you know, what worked for me and really found out what was the universal principle that tied in with all of those different modalities, all those different approaches to healing the knees and getting the knees out of pain. Okay, so you are the perfect person to ask, how does knee pain affect someone's energy levels i mean you know both mentally physically how how did it affect you well when you're in pain there's this part of you part of your being is always focused on the pain Mm -hmm. i mean you can have something as little as a splinter in your finger and you're always thinking about that splinter (laughs) it's like what you do typing on your keyboard getting something to eat and it's like that splinter is there and that splinter is like minuscule compared to knee pain every time you step every time you move you're reminded of the pain in your knee well that mental tension that emotional tension that physical experience of pain always on how you feel ways on what you focus on what you're able to put your energy towards and I think of it like a huge boat anchor (laughs) that it's like you can't go anywhere until that boat anchor is either pulled up or it's disconnected from the ship and it's very much like what happens with knee pain 
people are so focused and so concerned about the knees that they can't think of anything else. They can't be creative in their life. They can't focus on their children or their grandchildren. All They can enjoy traveling, doing the things they love, working. It, it's all focused around what's going on with their knee. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've had back issues in the past. You write that boat anchor analogy is a good one. Definitely feels like you've got a massive weight dragging you down for sure. Mm-hmm. So you've had an incredible experience of finding ways to overcome your knee pain and all this time you've spent helping others. What have you found are some of the misconceptions or old thinkings? Well, I think the big thing is, um, and you hear it throughout culture, throughout the world, at Nike makes it very popular. Uh, just do it. No pain, no gain. Push through the pain. And if you really think about that, if you're already starting out in pain, pushing through the pain is not going to get you out of pain. It's completely like from a logical standpoint, it doesn't make sense. If you, if you start out with a healthy body, absolutely push through the pain. Cause a lot of times we have, um, you know, just mental blocks of pushing ourselves forward in our life. But if we're starting at a baseline of pain, pushing through the pain doesn't get us any closer to being out of pain. And one of the big things that I see that is pushed through, um, you know, physical therapy, physiotherapy, doctors, um, exercise experts, is they, they talk about strengthening the legs to make the knee pain go away. And that is like one of the biggest misconceptions out there. If you have pain in the knees, there is a dysfunctional pattern going on. It's like a car that got into an accident and now the frame is crooked. And that pattern in the car is not going to go away unless you take it to the auto shop and have them straighten out the car, straighten out the frame of the car and realign the wheels in order for the car to move smoothly and not wear the tires unevenly and not cause more damage to the car in the long run. But what happens many times is from a physical standpoint, there's this mentality that we need to strengthen the muscles in the legs in order to make the knee pain go away. But strengthening the muscles in the legs is like saying, okay, well, the car frame is crooked. Go out and drive it, you know, 80, 100 kilometers an hour. I made that translation for you specifically. Beautiful. You did <laughs> We've got plenty of listeners in the United States as well. Okay, so that's that's good, though. good effort. I love it, Bill. <laughs> um, by driving that car fast, you just cause the wearing of the car to happen faster. And it's the same thing as you. If you have this dysfunctional pattern that's causing pain in the knees, the more you strengthen the muscles in the legs, the faster you cause the knees to wear. And it starts out with pain. But what happens is the pain causes what I refer to as a pain tension loop. The body experiences pain. It tenses up to protect itself. It reduces the space in the joint. That reduction of space in the joint squeezes the synovial fluid or, or the fluid in the knee, which begins to dehydrate the joint, causing more pain 
because it's irritating the nerves. And that loop just continues. And pretty soon the knee gets bound down into this pattern where the more you use it, the more painful it is, the faster it wears. It goes from the pain, then you get diagnosed with degenerative changes, then you get diagnosed with arthritis or osteoarthritis because the joint's continuing in that pain tension loop, dehydrating the joint faster. And now you're looking at a bone on bone scenario and generally the doctors will say, hold on until you're old enough, old enough for a knee replacement surgery so they can cut off the bones in your leg and replace it with plastic and metal so you don't feel the pain in your knee. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty heavy thought. I've got a few questions there, Bill, but just as you're running through that, that I want to run by. The first one was talking about good old Nike. There's a plug for you, Nike. Yeah. <laughs> just do it, pushing through that pain and you're saying, you know, doesn't make logical sense and I, I agree with you it doesn't I just refer back to when when I've had back issues and there is pain there but mm -hmm. it actually has been beneficial to push through that initial pain to get the body moving again and then eventually things start to fall in place is that I mean, it seemed to work for me and I've heard other people, it works for them with backs. I don't have experience with knees. Is that definitely not a good approach with knees because you're just, you're doing more damage as you would logically think? I, I agree and disagree. How about that? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but, let me, but let me explain. You have to keep the body moving. Mm-hmm. So in that case, just because you experience pain doesn't mean you become a couch potato and you don't move at all. Right. However, we have to move intelligently and we have to understand the underlying pattern that is causing the pain to begin with. Going back to that pain tension loop that I was talking about, mm -hmm. the, usually it, there, there's an initial injury, an accident, a stress that it's caused in life that initiates the pain that the body feels. So something happens and the body tenses up and it experiences pain. When you think about pain from a very fundamental level, from a very basic level, the only thing that's causing pain is irritation of the nerves, mm -hmm. tiny nerves that are the width of an eyelash. And when you think about no matter whether it's back pain, knee pain, uh, shoulder pain, any type of pain in the body, you're talking about these tiny little nerves, the width of an eyelash that are being irritated that are causing the pain. Moving is valuable for the body for many levels. But what I'm talking about is when you're in pain, you don't need to go to the gym and lift weights <laughs> to, to get out of pain. Okay. That's, that's not intelligent. That's not sustainable for the body. What I'm talking about is how do we look at the body in a way to get the pressure off of those nerves that are causing the pain? Going back to that splinter analogy, having a splinter in your finger, the moment you pull that splinter out of your finger, you feel relief. The body starts 
the body is now able to heal what was going on from that splinter being in the finger because the splinter was removed. And in the same way, when we get the pressure off of the nerves, you're going to feel that same kind of relief physically in the body as you do when you pull that splinter out. I refer to that as a pain pattern interrupt. It's a way of getting the pressure off of the nerves, giving relief and comfort to the nervous system and setting up conditions in the body so the body can now begin to heal. So we want to do that before exercise. We want to do that before. It's like there's this interim step between sitting on your butt on the couch and not doing anything, doing rice therapy, the rest, ice, compression, and elevation, Mm -hmm. and going out and either running a 5K or, you know, trying to deadlift your max or squat your max at the gym. You know, there's got to be an interim step. Okay, sure. That's cleared it up for me. So you do have to move, but you have to approach it in a way that's not going to be more damaging to your body. The other query I had was you were talking about the joint drying out because of the compression happening from the muscles spasming on the knee in regards to synovial fluid. I thought, and I've probably misunderstood the way that you're explaining it, that synovial fluid getting into the joints is very beneficial because it's helping to heal areas where there's no blood supply. So could you just run through that with me again, please? I really need to break this stuff down and thank you for asking me that because there's some things I just get. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I understand. You've know, been doing it for so long. I'm sure a lot of the stuff, right. and I find that in life too, there's certain things I know that it just seems like common nature, like cooking what we do, but uh, there's people out sure. there that, yeah, that just don't get it. Okay, so do this for me right now, and this is going to explain everything. This would be a real fundamental understanding of what happens in the knee. Okay. So your knee experiences pain. Mm -hmm. It tenses up to protect itself all on its own. Like you don't have to do anything to tense up to protect the knee once it feels pain. That start, that's the beginning of the pain tension loop. Yeah. An example you could use right now is, is squeeze your fist. Okay. Like look at your hand, squeeze your fist and just hold it for, you know, five, 10 seconds And now open your hand and your hand's going to turn from white to then different shades until it turns pink again. Yeah. Normally it would. It's pretty cold here. So it's still, still okay. Okay. Yeah. I get, I see the blood. I see the the kilometers. It must be the kilometers signs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I like it. So, what happens is when your body, when your knees feel pain, it's, it tenses up like you just squeezed your hand. When you open up your hand, now the blood flow is able to get in there. The blood and the oxygen is able to get into the hand. Now, if you would have held your hand like that for, you know, even 15 minutes, your hand would be pretty sore. Think of it a half a day, a couple days, a week, a month. The same thing happens when your knee, when it feels pain, it's tensing up to protect itself from the pain it's experiencing that begins the pain tension loop. The more pain it feels, the tighter it squeezes to protect the knee from further pain. 
I know it, it like it's, it's how we're hardwired as human beings and it's functional for the initial experience of pain, but it's dysfunctional for you to go back into your life and move and exercise and be free without this pain. So the key is we get the pressure off of those nerves, which is comfortable. It relaxes the tension in the joint and allows the synovial fluid to begin to get into the joint. Right, okay. And heal it. Oh, is yeah. that is that making sense? Yeah, I must have heard it incorrectly when you first talked. That makes perfect sense. So it's not that the synovial fluid's not getting in there. You're actually relieving the pressure that the muscles are, are doing by compressing around the knee that's so allowing the synovial fluid to get in there and to do its job to heal. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Okay. And also you're hinting that it's a misconception to strengthen up the muscle around the knee, which I'd always heard that as a common thing to do to, and I would have presumed it was to give support to the knee in trouble. So just explain that to us. Well, well it's, it's like baking a cake as far as knee pain. You have to have the right ingredients in the right amounts, in the right order, with the right timing. And it's not to say exercise is not important. It is important. It just needs to be done at the right time, in the right amounts, in the right order. Most people start with exercise. And if they're already in pain, it's like throwing the eggs and the flour together in a pan in the oven and then turning the oven on and then pulling it out 15 minutes later and then mixing in some sugar and milk. <laughs> like it's, you're, you're going to get a mess. You're not going to get a cake. So, and th that's why the statistics are so absolutely ridiculous in terms of how many people have osteoarthritis, how many people are lining up for knee replacement surgeries, how many people are hobbling around with knee pain because they don't understand the right recipe for getting out of pain. And the people that they're listening to don't understand the body on a deep enough level how to get the body out of pain. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, you, I just presume and, you know, I, I don't have any expertise at all in this area of physios and other people that are doing body work. Why are they not seeing the same thing? I mean, I'm out of the loop. Are they starting to incorporate other things? I mean, what type of things are you talking about that should be done? Or maybe we'll go through the, the process that you do with your clients in order to, as you put it, to bake the cake correctly. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's a great yeah, analogy. I love that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big thing is first and foremost, get the knee out of pain. And there isn't anything else you need to do except get the pressure off of the nerves so then he gets out of pain. And would pharmaceuticals ever play a part in that to initially kickstart the process of helping to reduce the inflammation and that pressure on the nerves? No, 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 no. I, I'm like, I'm a big proponent of a natural and holistic approach. Okay. Like my, you know, my moniker on the internet is I'm the best in the world at eliminating knee pain without drug shots or surgery. Like that, that's my baseline. So everything that I work with is looking at, it's, it's basically a, a three-step approach. We're lo I look at three things 
it doesn't matter who you're dealing with knee pain. There's three things that need to be addressed in order to completely resolve knee pain. Mm -hmm. You have the physical level you need to look at. You need to look at diet and you need to look at mindset. The physical piece is creating those pain pattern interrupts. You got to get, you got to break the pain tension loop with the pain pattern interrupts to create comfort in the knee by getting the pressure off of the nerves and that sets up the conditions so now the body is capable of healing the knee. First and foremost, we gotta look, you got to look at the physical level. Okay, so looking at this three-step approach and the step one, the, that physical level, if we can just dive in a bit deeper there before we move on. How do you actually create that pattern interrupt? Like maybe give us an example of a client that you've had and how you've made that occur with them. And also at the physical level, looking at when is it necessary to have surgery that there's no escaping it? Yeah, if something is broken or torn, like you have a torn meniscus, you have a torn ligament in the knee, you've broken a bone in your leg. Yeah, then absolutely. Surgery would may be necessary. And I say may because it's not all the time. So if something is broken or torn, then absolutely go to the doctor, get the, you know, the arthroscopic surgery, the, the ligament reconstruction like I had to get whatever was broken or torn repaired. But after the surgery, you're still going to be in pain. There's going to be a degree of pain that the body is still into. There's healing that needs to be done. And this is where my approach steps in because the normal thinking is after you get out of surgery, well, we need to strengthen the muscles and the legs <laughs> and we get back into everything we talked about at the beginning of the call is that you're in that pain tension loop. The body gets stuck there. It continues to get worse over time. Then you got arthritis and then, you know, waiting long enough, you're going to have big issues down the road. So what we're dealing with and in the, the clients that I work with that are the most successful are the ones that just have pain. There's nothing else going on in the knee. They just have pain. Right. In that case, then we start with the physical. That's where we create those pain pattern interrupts. We get the pressure off of the nerves and that allows the body to be comfortable. And when the body is comfortable, now you can get better sleep. When you get better sleep, now the body can recover better. It's all about recovery, teaching the body to recover faster than it's breaking down. So that, that's the first piece is the physical. The second is diet. When there is pain in the knee, there's local inflammation in the knee as well as global inflammation in the body as a result of the food that we eat, the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, stress in life. All of those things cause inflammation on some level in the body. When you look at the local inflammation in the knee and the global inflammation in the body, that total amount of inflammation uses up the available resources that the knee would need in order to heal itself. You could think of it like cookies on your computer. You surf the internet for three or four months and all of a sudden your computer is running slower and slower and slower. You don't know why. 
you finally clean the cache, you finally clean the cache on your computer and it frees up all of that space for computing and processing. And now your computer's running as fast as it was when you first bought it. It's the same thing with inflammation in the body. We get a knee injury. We have, we're getting older. We get, we, we eat foods that we wouldn't normally eat. We drink things we shouldn't drink as much of. Uh, we have stress in life from family, from job, from relationships. All of those types of things create inflammation on some level in the body. And that total amount, all of a sudden, you don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning. So we begin to reduce that inflammation. And now the knees has a, a better chance to heal. It frees up the resources that the knee can heal itself. So, so that's the, the second piece. So we covered the first one was physical, creating those pain pattern interrupts. The second is diet which is addressing inflammation locally and globally in the body. Um, and then the third is mindset. And the mindset isn't be positive all the time. The reality of getting out of knee pain is it's not linear. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. On the bad days, yes, it's important to be positive. However, um, we also have to keep our mind in check on the good days. Meaning when we create those pain pattern interrupts and the knee feels better, it doesn't mean that we can go back out and push our knee like we did six months ago or six years ago before we had the knee injury. Because we can throw the body back into pain just as fast as we got it out of pain. So we have to keep that exuberance in check once we've get the knee out of pain. And then on the days that we have difficulties, that the knee is in pain because we went on a walk and or we caught our knee a certain way and it twisted and it irritated the nerves again. We have to make sure we don't do things that prevent us from healing as quickly as possible. For instance, I have a client when she gets depressed because her knees are acting up again, she eats chocolate. Well, the chocolate has sugar. The sugar causes inflammation. The inflammation causes her knees to hurt worse. And it wasn't because of initially because of the food. It was because she got depressed because her knees hurt. So we have to keep all of the, that mindset piece in check. So we're continually setting up the conditions in our body and in our life so knee pain is just an inevitable outcome as a result of following the principles of how the body heals. Okay. So I like those three steps. Uh, can we just quickly go into each one? So the, the first one, the physical pain pattern interrupt, what's mm -hmm. something that you do with people that the listeners can take away that is going to help to re relieve that pressure and to get it off the nerves? Is there certain moves that you do or techniques? Yes, yes. Um, the knee has or the leg has two different movements. There's the gross motor movement, which most people are familiar with. The knee extends and the knee bends. Uh -huh. But the movements that most people are unfamiliar with are the intrinsic movements of the knee joint, meaning the knee slightly twists 
slightly um, move side to side, move slightly forward and back, and slightly moves apart and together. Mm-hmm. And those movements are what the body will tense up and hold on to and impinge on the nerves. That's what causes the pain. So the big takeaway for those listening to this podcast is whenever your knee hurts, find a position of comfort for it. In that position of comfort, wait 30 seconds to a minute and look for a cue from your nervous system. The cue from your nervous system could be um, a deep breath, uh, your breath changing from deep to shallow or shallow to, shallow to deep, mm-hmm. your mind wandering, kind of like that space you get in right before you fall asleep and your body jumps. That's like the perfect place where your body heals. So working with those intrinsic movements in the knee in a position of comfort will facilitate the release of those patterns that are going on in the knee, allowing the body to heal faster. Okay, great. And then getting on the diet, you mentioned obviously chocolate with sugar in it. That's not a great thing. Are there other uh, foods that you've found with clients that definitely aren't beneficial to the healing process? Yes. It's a combination of raising the bridge and lowering the river at the same time. We have to begin removing the foods that are causing the inflammation. So foods that are heavily processed, foods that contain sugar, Mm -hmm. uh, that have pesticides and herbicides that are, uh, you know, irradiated and have, they're not in their natural state. Yeah. That if you can have it in a can and it can sit on a shelf for, you know, 10 years and still look the same when you um, take it out of the can or fast food, that is not in a form that the body knows how to use. So we have to begin reducing those types of foods and get back to uh, local, natural, fresh, organic types of foods that the body knows what to do with. And it can use that fuel essentially to heal what's going on in the knee. So we want to reduce the foods that are preventing it from healing and we want to increase the foods that are promoting the healing in the body. I actually have four highly, highly anti-inflammatory, they're herbs, actually. Um, The rosemary, turmeric, green tea, and ginger. Those are phenomenal in terms of helping the body to reduce inflammation. And then the, the last piece, which I presume is a really tough piece to crack with a lot of people, the, the mindset. What's something that you can share with us that's enabled you to really flip the switch in people to be able to change the mindset? Yeah, the mindset piece is definitely the most challenging. And in working the past 18 years with knee pain sufferers, it's by far the highest leverage move for anybody to work with is their mindset to get themselves out of pain. The, the exercise that I use with my clients that works the best, I refer to it as, um, it's a journaling technique. It's a specific journaling mindset approach that you'll need a piece of paper, a pen or pencil and a timer 
that is for 10 minutes and you set that timer and then what I refer to them to do is give voice to that inner two-year-old and the inner two-year-old is the one that is not rational, not logical, that is just off, upset, sad, depressed, whatever it is, is going on and it doesn't make sense. And they put those emotions down on a piece of paper and they write for 10 minutes straight, pen to paper for 10 minutes straight. And when that timer goes off, they take that piece of paper and they rip it up, they burn it, they shred it, whatever it is, they get that out. Because I incorporate a holistic approach the way the body feels plays a huge role in how the body experiences knee pain. So if we have all of this frustration and anger and resentment and depression and sadness stuck in the body because it has no place to go, then we need to get it out some way and get it moving. And this, is, this facilitates the other aspects of my program. So doing that, uh, that, that journaling technique is absolutely amazing in terms of you realize what comes up and out in that 10 minute period of time and then do that day after day. Yeah, great. I love it. That's a great technique. I haven't heard of it. It's so simple to do, but you're right, being able to get rid of a lot of that baggage that you're carrying in the simple way of that, just writing it down and throwing it away. Great one. I love it. Uh, what are some common knee pain issues that you've seen that have simple remedies i mean even to the extent you know i'd love to dive in with you too when you're saying not always doing building up muscle is a great thing to do i mean is there ways that you help people to and is there actually a way you can strengthen your tendons and the ligaments around the knee to give support that way yes you can strengthen the tendons and ligaments to support the knee. And that is the approach that I would point someone towards when they get to a place that their knee's out of pain, that the timing would be right to do exercise. Right. That's going to be a high leverage move. But you asked, you know, a simple remedy mm-hmm. and you're, you're just going to be like, like really, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you like the simple remedy. Not at all, mate. I, I'm a simple man. Like, Don't worry. <laughs> no, listen. I, I've like literally had people on my list write me back and go, Bill, I started drinking more water, like you said, and my knee pain went away. Right. Like you would not believe how many people are running around chronically dehydrated and the pain in their knee is caused because they're dehydrated. And it then, you know, and then, then we get into the mindset piece because when I start saying it's that simple, people are like, well, can I drink? Does coffee count? Does, does Coca-Cola count? <laughs> does, you know, and it's like they try to justify why they want to continue to shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, water. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just plain old tap water. You don't have to get fancy French high pH water or anything like that. It's just basic tap water. Now, that's a whole nother subject down the road, but if there's someone listening that just wants to get started, just start drinking more water. Mate, I'm 
a big fan of water. Let me tell you, my journey of getting my health back on track and energy back into my life, a big key has been starting the day with a big glass of water, a little bit of salt, squeeze of lemon juice. It has been huge. You're right. It does sound so ridiculously simple, yet it has been huge putting that into my routine. So definitely (laughs) a very key thing in regards to helping the body heal. Mm-hmm. Well, then looking at some of the more difficult to fix knee pain issues that you've experienced, what, what have they been? What solutions have you been able to offer and have you seen turnarounds in people? Yeah, I, probably the worst person that I've had success with. Uh, I worked with a former professional football player, football being NFL. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not, not Aussie rules not, or rugby. Yeah, not rugby. Yeah. Um, he had seven knee surgeries. So the level of injury and compensation, the, the amount of scar tissue in his knee was pretty amazing. However, you go back to the basics. What needs to be resolved to get the knee out of pain? We get the pressure off of the nerves, work with the physical, create those pain pattern interrupts. Then we look at reducing the inflammation in the body, both locally in the knee and globally in the body, as well as keeping the mindset in a good place. And then the knee gets out of pain. Um, and that's like the most difficult knee pain issue that I can work with that I've been like, very, very successful with the ones, the, the choices that people make where it's the point of no return is the person who is finally committed to having a knee replacement surgery. Right. When they get their bones and their leg cut off and replaced with plastic and metal at that point, it's, there is such a level like both physically that there's stuff that you just can't go back from once that surgery has happened, as well as mentally. For someone to adopt my program after having a knee replacement surgery, they would have to go, oh my gosh, I just made an epic mistake. And I don't fault people for it because most people don't know they have another option. But if you make that choice to have a knee replacement surgery, knowing that I exist, then there's not a whole lot I could do. What about plasma-rich platelet injections or stem cell injections, things that are getting closer to an, a holistic approach? Have you had any experience with that or seen clients that have tried that as a way to help the healing process? Uh, I have not done any of the injections. I can't stand needles. You can't even get close <laughs> to me with needles. <laughs> uh, I have had clients that have done that. However, it goes back to that initial piece that I was talking to you about the car that was gotten to an accident. Mm-hmm. You have the frame that's bent. And what I've seen people do is they've wasted lots of money with uh, cortisone shots, prolotherapy, plasma, PRP, platelet-rich plasma injections, rooster comb injections, uh, stem cell injections. I mean, there's so many different kinds out that um, – are out there. But if you're not addressing the irritation of the nerves in the knee to begin with, you're kind of throwing good money after bad because 
you haven't addressed the pattern that is causing the pain to begin with. You're injecting something into a knee that's squeezing too tight for it to actually benefit from what's being injected in it. It, The tension's not going to change and the knee's going to squeeze all of that out because of uh, the pattern that's going on in the nervous system. Okay, that makes sense. So relieve that pressure. That seems like the big key here is get rid of that compression happening and then other things may be an option for you. They're going to work better. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at foods and supplements that can assist and you've already uh, talked about turmeric and rosemary, green tea, what other things would you uh, recommend to people that's going to help them on their recovery journey? So we we know the bad stuff, chocolate, Coca-Cola. What's some of the good stuff that can help people out? Uh, well, we covered the rosemary, turmeric, green tea, and ginger. Yep. Uh, enzymes are fantastic, especially when you take enzymes on an empty stomach because it actually reduces inflammation when you do that. Okay. You may have heard of intermittent fasting. Yeah. And intermittent fasting is the same thing. Your body's continually producing enzymes. But when we're f- continually feeding or eating – the body is taking those enzymes that it's producing to digest the foods that we're eating. But if we take a break for 12, maybe 18 hours periodically throughout the week, maybe a couple times a week, we give our digestive system a chance to rest while the body is still producing enzymes. And that'll actually reduce inflammation in the body. And what about things like creams, Bill, like Arnica, for example? Is that beneficial to people? Yeah. I'm a big proponent of homeopathics. Okay. Um, Taking both uh, sublingually and topically because you're hitting the pain that the body is experiencing um, from outside in and then inside out by by, um, using the cream on the knee as well as the tablet um, to address the pain inside. Okay, so that's Arnica for people. And with the turmeric, I I often hear out there that turmeric powder that you get, the bioavailability of it or the ability of your body to use it ain't that great. And so you... One thing I've seen out there is, is pepper has a symbiotic reaction with turmeric that allows your body to uptake it a lot easier. Is that true, what you found, or is just have turmeric and that's going to be beneficial? I've read the same thing, and there is um, a turmeric latte that I make that um, what is it? coconut, milk, turmeric, black pepper, uh, nutmeg, cinnamon, and a little bit of honey. Delicious. And you, you warm it up and you, then you blend it together and it's it's ridiculously good and it makes your belly feel awesome. Oh, it sounds incredible. It sounds similar to, actually to a chai that my wife and I make our own specific blend that has a lot of those ingredients in there. What about bone broths, Bill? What are your thoughts in regards to that to help with healing sore knees? Yes, Absolutely. Bone broths are fantastic. Everything that you're drawing out of the bones when you're making the broth Mm -hmm. is what comprises 
the joint. Right. <laughs> the joint that's wearing away. You know, meniscus and cartilage is made out, made out of that same, um, the same components as what you're making the broth from. Okay. Like what's coming out into the broth that you're drinking into your body. And now you're giving the body what it needs the to be able to um, – the resources it needs to rebuild the joints. So that's a simple one. I'll have to put a bone broth recipe out there for people. You just go to the show notes for this episode 39. I'll have a link there for a simple bone broth. Do you, do you have one? Yeah, if you've got one as well, throw it out. I mean. Yeah, I got, a, I got a killer one. It makes like four gallons. Give or it to you us. guys are on liters. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I just don't get this. <laughs> Why don't, I don't we all use the same units? Somebody's got to get together and, and figure this out. <laughs> I think we're like the only country that is is on the what is the English or the Imperial? It's not on the yeah the Imperial. We're not on the metric system. Yeah, tens, mate. Makes sense. Tens. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't speak for my country. <laughs> but I guess you guys still you deal with it, so it mustn't be that much of an issue. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a strange. I don't know the history. Yeah, well, when you're when you grown up with it, then you don't know how screwed up it is. So, looking at energy now, this is what most people out there that I find that everyone wants more energy. There are a few people I've found that say, "No, I'm I'm cool, Ed. I'm I'm good. I'm like good on you, you're rocking." But for most of the rest of us, especially us that have young children running around, what's a key mistake many of us make that wastes our energy, Bill? I think they don't focus on recovery. Recovery is it. You know, like if you, I've worked with Olympic level athletes, professional level athletes, and the big thing that they train is recovery. They don't train how hard they can push themselves. Like they, they already know that that's their job when they show up to practice, when they show up on game day. That's what they do. But what they do when they're not, practicing is what's the most important and that's recovery. And I believe if parents, cause I'm a, I'm a, my daughter's two and a half. Yeah. So, so I was going to say, I you could hear the parents out there going, yeah, right, Bill, come on, mate. You know what it's like. There ain't time for recovery, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You're full of it, Bill. No, I get it. Uh, but what's the big thing is recovery. Like how can you, um, Focus on your sleep. Shut off uh, the computer. Shut off your phone an hour before you're going to sleep. Make sure, you know, you've stopped drinking water um, a couple hours before you're going to sleep. Otherwise, you're going to wake yourself up because you got to go to the bathroom. Um, Eating too close before you go to sleep. You know, give your body a couple hours before going to sleep. Making sure that, um, you know, you get good exercise. But, of course, we tie in with getting the pressure off of the nerves for yeah. the pain, you know, so you can get a good night's sleep. So you can get exercise during the day. Um, so those are those are some simple things is just focusing on sleep. Um, intelligent exercise is another one. Um Many times people exercise out of like some sort of guilt or some sort of like I'm missing out on something. Mm -hmm. I know that was huge for me when I first injured my knee 
in which is why I continued to dislocate it a total of four times before I got it was because I couldn't stay away from judo. Like I felt like, Oh, somebody's going to get better than me. I'm not going to be the the best guy in the, in the club. Uh, you know, so I had all this ego that went into it. And a lot of times people will be like, well, I just can't take a couple of days off from the gym. And it, they push themselves to a point of exhaustion. And in doing so, they're continually completing their body and they're not training recovery. That's the piece that I think is really big is, is focus on recovery. Okay, that's a great point. I just wanted to dive in there quickly. You brought up a, a great point there, how you're saying in your own scenario, you do want to miss out on judo. I know my scenario when I've had back issues with surfing of how hard it is to restrain yourself from not doing something that you love and something that's obviously releasing endorphins in your brain. So your brain's wanting to get that as well. I mean, that's a big part of it too. But I mean, how was that struggle for you? I imagine quite difficult, that journey that you went through there. Just run us through that a little bit of how you... (laughs) You know, dealt with, with that. I don't want to bring you back there because you passed, but if you're happy to yeah. talk about it, I mean, I think that can be invaluable for people and fascinating as well. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, Eddie. <laughs> it, it wasn't pretty. You know, I just actually I wrote uh, an email the other day that I sent out to my to my list of um, uh, people that are interested that have knee pain. Is that it was I had to stay away from judo. Like there was no middle ground. I loved it so much that if I couldn't do it, like I wanted to do it, it was just, I was tormenting myself by showing up at practice and seeing people do horrible judo. Like I couldn't stand it. So I, I couldn't get my knee to perform the way I wanted. So what I did is I took that, all that energy that I normally put on the judo mat in my training, in lifting and running and biking and practice and all that. And that's what I put into figuring out a solution for myself. So I re rechanneled my energy into a place that was productive. And it, it wasn't easy because I wanted to get back to judo. Like that's all I could think about. And I did eventually. It was a couple years later, year, year and a half later, something like that. And I, I went back and I, I trained. I was doing fine. But then it was like, um, you know, the, the, they call it the hero's journey. That it's like you start out with one goal in mind. And as you start learning all of this information, then the goal changes. You know, like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker wanted to be a, a starfighter pilot. And his whole thing was to get off this desert planet to become a starfighter. And he finally gets off the planet and he starts training and learning and realizing, oh, this is so much more than being a, this fighter pilot. And then, so his goal changed and he wanted to become this, you know, the, the Jedi Knight. And that's what happened. And my, my thing was I wanted to get back on the mat just to throw, to throw people again. And 
I realized that there was so much more to what happened to me than just throwing people. But the, but the joy that I got was what started, it, it changed. Like I didn't get joy from going to judo and mixing it up three, four times a week. I realized that there, that it was shallow. There, there was more to a depth that I, I um, found in myself as a result of the knee injury and my uh, training and my traveling and my studying. All of a sudden it was like, wow, look at this whole nervous system thing that's going on that I have no clue on that I could spend the rest of my life studying. That's so much more cooler. And then to be able to, to come full circle and realize that so many people are suffering with knee pain, like ridiculous numbers of people suffering with knee pain. Those numbers that you read in the beginning of the podcast are just in the U.S. That's not globally. I have clients in New Zealand and Australia as well. Europe, um, you know, in Asia, Canada, South America, all suffering with knee pain, all getting so many people getting butchered by, by the conventional medical model. And they're, they're suffering in pain and their life just is absolutely horrible. They, it's like a nightmare every time they get up and to be able to go through the past 18 years of everything that's happened to me and everything that I've done. And I realize, Oh, wow, there's so much more to this. Fascinating. What a fascinating journey that you've been on and, I bet in your wildest dreams, you wouldn't have thought where you've ended up now if you, if you look back prior to no. having that injury. You know, where were you before? Were you going to become a professional judo athlete or were you doing other things in, in your life that that you were happy with? Or was there was there something too in your life that you, you weren't satisfied with? Yeah. I mean, there was definitely like a um, dissatisfaction. I couldn't point to anything and say that was it. But at the time I owned a computer company in um, Louisville, Kentucky, in the, in the States. Um, I was training judo. I owned this computer company. I had a house, a car, I had, you know, a girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. Everything was good. Uh, from all intents and purposes, somebody would, would look from the outside in and they go, you know, Bill, you'd be, you have everything. You're rocking. Yeah. However, I was, there was a sense of dissatisfaction with all of it. And I think that's why the knee happened. Like looking back on this broader perspective of my life, like the landscape of my life and going, I never, I would have been miserable, you know, at that point, if I would have gotten, you know, married, had a family, lived in the same house, you know, continued doing the business and all that, I would have been absolutely miserable. But the knee happened and my dissatisfaction with my life grew to a point where I, I started traveling and studying and figuring out, well, I needed to do something different. I could keep on talking for hours, Bill, about this stuff. Thanks. I really find it fascinating and about the, the path that some of us get taken on. Eddie, I don't think anyone chooses that path. The path chooses them. Interesting. There's, there, yeah, there's right. not. It, it, it's like 
if I would have went out and been like, okay, today I'm going to blow out my knee and get this, re- <laughs> you know, it's like, it doesn't happen that way. It's like those experiences happen to you and your response to that experience becomes your path. I like that. Your response to that experience becomes your path. I'm going to remember that. What's a book, Bill, that you recommend that we should go and check out? A book by uh, Dr. Batman Geldich, and I may have pronounced his name incorrectly. He's an Iranian doctor Mm -hmm. that treated his patients for 20 years with tap water. And, And the book is called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. And it, it was a game changer for me in terms of understanding all of the symptoms that get diagnosed as some sort of issue that can be addressed with just drinking more water. Great. And knee pain was <laughs> knee pain was one of them or joint pain was one of them. So that was a huge component in terms of understanding the bigger picture of what's going on. But that that's a phenomenal book. Okay, awesome. And I don't normally do this, but I'll put you in the spot. What's another book that you could recommend to us? Um, I believe it's uh, The Little Red Book of Talent by Daniel Coyle. And it's a simple, they're like one pagers. You know, you look at it and you go, wow, that, that's great. <laughs> it really makes sense. It really picks you up. Alrighty, I'll have links to those two books in the show notes for this episode. And what is the best and easiest way for people to connect with you, Bill, if they want to online? Uh, well, thekneepainguru.com. Uh, they can head over to that website. Uh, I have an assessment that they can take, and it'll give them a video that they could begin working with some stuff to help them with their knee pain. Um, they can go to the website. There's tons of resources there. I got lots of blog posts and videos and audios and all sorts of stuff that can help people with their knees. Uh, and if they are so inspired, they can speak with me. I'd be happy to speak with them about their specific situation with their knees and point them you know, what is the best direction that they can go? Some people need to go the conventional route and need to talk to a doctor first. Other people, I could absolutely help them. So, what you know, we could jump on a call and I'd be happy to get, share my best stuff to point them in the best direction to help them with their knees. Alrighty, we will have the link to your website and the show notes for this episode, number 39, as well as links to your books, The Comfort Zone, Say no to knee replacement and stop your knee pain now. And for today's quote, what has my wife written out for me today? Oh, here it is. You create magic. Beautiful. (laughs) Thanks so much, Bill, for taking the time to come on the Ed Talks. I know I've kept you for a lot longer than I initially said I would, so I appreciate that. And thanks for helping us to understand another approach to deal with knee pain or, I'm guessing, any joint pain for that matter, really. Yeah, that, that's the secret, Eddie. Don't tell anybody that once we get the <laughs> knee, once I get the knee all like lined up, then it'll we'll roll this out to the rest of the body because it applies to any joint. All righty. There we go. The secret's out of the bag. <laughs> As always, thank you so much to all you wonderful people listening out there. I really appreciate those of you that email me 
It really does mean a lot and I will try my best to get the guests that you've asked that you would like on the show. Please leave a comment on the website under the show notes for this episode number 39 or go to our Facebook page, just search The Ed Talks, one word, and let us know if you suffer or have suffered from knee pain, what have you done that has helped you out? Enjoy the day, beautiful people. Howdy. Head over and get all the goodness at theedtalks.com. This is where you'll find the show notes for this episode and links to useful resources. You can also join our newsletter there to be up to date with great info that will help you stop feeling tired and get energy back into your life. I really look forward to hearing your questions and comments and would feel blessed if you head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let all the folks out there know that our show is shining the light for busy mums and dads to feel energised again. I also want to let you know that I read all the comments and these help me understand your needs and create shows that will truly help you. Thanks again for listening. I'm very grateful.